Now, let's talk sports with Kanoa Leahy on ESPN Honolulu. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Let's Talk Sports. It's back to reality for me, back from vacation. Kanoa Leahy here sitting in the PAXA studios in Honolulu. Riding solo, I got my man Keegan Ota, though, working the board. We'll be hearing from him in a little bit. But uh, we do have a, a great show sort of lined up here. K.J. Harrison, uh, who just announced that he is going to be retiring from professional baseball and accompanying Rich Hill as a member of that staff. He will be an undergraduate assistant at the University of Hawaii for that baseball program. He is going to join us in the second segment here today. But some breaking news also related to UH baseball. Former Hawaii pitcher Cade Halimanu has been selected in the MLB draft. He goes in the 10th round, 314th overall to Tampa Bay, the 6'4 righty uh, selected in the range where the estimated value is about $149,000, $150,000. Uh, he was a guy who just announced uh, that he, through the transfer portal, was committed to Oregon. Uh, obviously, the draft pending, there is the expectation that he is going to sign and turn pro. And so uh, just to make his day a little bit busier than it all already is. Uh, I did want to get an update here because uh, this happened uh, the third to last pick of the day. Of course, you have the first round, which went down yesterday. Uh, you go all the way through basically the 10th round here on day two, and then they'll go uh, the rest of the 10 rounds tomorrow. Uh, and so the guy who's been monitoring this, he is a friend of the show. He'll be in here on Wednesday of the Honolulu Star Advertiser. Billy Hull now joins me uh, via the phone line. Billy, what's up, man? Uh, your thoughts on Cade Halimanu just before the end of the draft festivities today getting picked up? Yeah, I mean, this is usually how it happened. I just decided to open my uh, MLB draft file to see uh, when the last time it had been 10 rounds and nobody with Hawaii Tides had been selected, and then boom, right there at the end, uh, Cade gets picked. Um, obviously good for him. You know, um, he's you know pretty cool story to, to go to UH as a walk-on for three years. Uh, then you get a scholarship. You become the Friday night starter. Um, you know, you have a pretty good season, and then to be able to say you, you turn from a walk-on to get drafted is a pretty cool story. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who, uh, at least some of the scouts that, that I know that I was talking to, this is a guy who, going back uh, before last season started, uh, this this was a guy that was on the radar, and obviously with the trimmed-down draft, it used to be 50 rounds, now it's down to 20 as a byproduct of COVID and, and the pandemic experience, uh, and so the possibilities were a little bit more uncertain, but the fact that he's going in round number 10, uh, do you believe that sort of seals the deal that he's going to be turning pro? Yeah, I, I, I think, um, you know, especially for guys like him who have one year of eligibility, you know, if you wait till you got no eligibility, you don't really have any any bargaining uh, um, um, stuff to do there at that point. So, yeah, I think um, with, with him getting drafted in the 10th round and, you know, you got to remember that the, the Major League Baseball draft is so much different from, say, the football draft or the basketball draft where teams are just drafting the the best guys in order of how good they think you are. You know, there's so much that goes on in the baseball draft. You have these money values assigned to picks in the first 10 rounds. Team have, teams have X amount of money they can use to sign these players. So sometimes you maybe try to get some guys that you can get a little bit undervalued so you can overpay some of these kids that are asking for more money. So it's all kind of a, a crazy world, the, the, the baseball draft and stuff. But, um, yeah, I, I think it's pretty safe to say. I haven't had a chance to talk to them yet, but pretty safe bet that, you know, Tampa Bay, you know, you see a lot of these kids um, – college kids going in the 10th round at this point and it's just kind of an opportunity for teams to get some guys in and maybe sign some guys 
that maybe you can save a little bit of money on to try to go get some other guys. And so I don't think they would use a 10th-round pick uh, necessarily to, to fix someone they weren't going to be able to sign. So I'd say it's a pretty good bet that, that, that he'll be going pro. Yeah, we got uh, Billy Hall of the Honolulu Star Advertiser giving us a quick little update here of the Major League Baseball draft. Kate Halimanu going to Tampa Bay, 314th overall, picked in the 10th round, third to last pick of today's draft festivities, 6'4 righty. Uh, again, getting picked in a slot where the approximate uh, money value is about a $149,000, Baseball, like no other sport, perhaps, or or more so than any other sport, it is potential-based. You talk about the leverage factor, uh, but you have a guy in Cade Halimanu who fits the part prototypically, right? Tall, righty, throws hard, and so you have this host of either front office people or even coaches at the professional level who feel like, just give me this block of clay, and I will turn it into something. Uh, Baseball, perhaps more than any other sport, is like that when it comes to the draft selection process, right? Yeah, 100%. And if you got a guy thrown in the mid-90s, capable of throwing in the mid-90s like Kate is, um, you're definitely going to take a shot at him. And so, yeah, you know, he, you know, you got to give him a lot of credit for the work he's put in. And, and like I said, I mean, the kid that didn't really have a whole lot of options coming out of high school. And so to kind of turn yourself and mold yourself into a pitcher um, that can throw in the mid-90s, I believe, you know, I think Steven Story said he, t- he touched 97 at one point. You're definitely, you know, team, teams look at that velocity and say, yeah, yeah, I'm going to give that kid a shot. So, um, you know, all credit to him for, for putting himself in this position. And, and yeah, it's um, it's always a good thing when you're getting drafted in the Major League Baseball draft. Uh, before we let you go, because I know you got a lot of work to do here today as you follow the draft, uh, any other players that uh, perhaps have a, a realistic opportunity here before this thing is done uh, to get their name called? Yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, Lee Pontes, um, another UH pitcher, is a guy I think that, you know, you might hear his name called tomorrow. Uh, a couple of the, the high school kids, you know, you've got um, Ivar Kett, the St. Louis shortstop. He was the player of the year in basketball, six foot four, really good defensively, you know, a top 200 uh, prospect, according to uh, MLB.com. And he got, he was one of two guys, him and Bo Sylvester, a catcher out of Kamehameha. Uh, they were invited to both be in the draft combine. It's kind of a new thing they had um, where they invited some of the top prospects expecting to get drafted to, to participate in this combine. Uh, last month in San Diego. And so, you know, those are two guys that I think are definitely talented and capable, but it, that's kind of another situation where I'm sure they've got probably a certain um, a certain number they're looking at in terms of a signing bonus in order to get drafted. And so as you kind of go along in the draft and you're negotiating with teams on the fly and stuff, it can be kind of a tricky process. So, you know, we'll see what they end up doing. They've obviously got, you know, they're high school kids, so they've got college as an option and stuff. they got all their, you know, everything's on the table for them right now. But I'd say, you know, those are the two big uh, high school guys to be uh, looking out for tomorrow. Well, we'll be following it. I know you will be, Billy. Thanks for the update, man. Uh, we'll see you in here on Wednesday. Yeah, BTS Wednesday, man. We haven't <laughs> done it in a few weeks. So it's right, it's been a minute. To... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right, Sounds have a good, good one, man. man. See you, dude. Billy Hole of the Honolulu Star Advertiser. Yes, it has been a minute. As the kids say, right? Are the kids even still saying it's been a minute? I'm looking uh, at Keegan. Do the kids still say it's been a minute? Has it been a minute since the kids have said it's been a minute? Yeah. <laughs> it depends on where, where, where your household is, I'll be honest. There you go. There you go. All right. 296-1420 is the number, by the way. You can uh, reach us via text if you have a question or comment uh, via the Zephyr Insurance text line. Again, we're going to be talking with K.J. Harrison, a new addition to the UH staff for its baseball program. Uh, he, of course, uh, who had a tremendous uh, 
amateur career at Oregon State and then went on to be selected in the MLB draft, uh, played six years professionally, uh, just recently announced his retirement, and he's going to venture now into the coaching industry, perhaps. He'll be an undergraduate assistant with the UH baseball program under head coach Rich Hill. So he's going to join us in segment number two, and he can talk uh, very first-handedly about his experience as being a draftee and, and sort of the process there, what goes into that, expectations, the transition from being an amateur standout to then trying to make it as a professional and trying to climb through the minor league ranks. Uh, it is a whole different world. This draft, though, has been a bit of a trip, right? I mean, I think a lot of us were watching at the top right because uh, you have a at least a little bit of a connection with one of the top prospects in Brooks Lee, the shortstop for Cal Poly. And we saw him play at Les Murakami Stadium. And to be honest, he was somewhat underwhelming. We did learn, though, that weekend uh, as uh, Hawaii was closing out its home uh, regular season schedule, we did learn that there was a bit of an illness. They said that it was non-COVID related. Uh, we hope that that was uh, accurate and that was fully honest. But uh, there was an illness that was going through Cal Poly. And I think at least the way it looked, Brooks Lee uh, did not perform up to his standard. It was a somewhat uncharacteristically poor performance for Brooks Lee. Uh, but this guy came in. Uh, some people were suggesting that he might have a chance to be the number one overall selection in the MLB draft. He goes ultimately eighth overall to the Minnesota Twins. And so that was pretty cool. That was something that we were keeping an eye on. Anytime you sort of have a prospect that comes through Les Murakami Stadium, it's just you get to see them up close. You get to see them as an amateur in their sort of final uh, stages of amateurism and then now being a high draft pick. Uh, Aaron Judge was another one when he was playing with Fresno State who came through Honolulu, and that was pretty cool to see. So he goes eighth overall to the Twins. He was the fifth-ranked prospect. This according to several uh, MLB draft outlets uh, but the draft is a trip because it makes you feel old man number one overall Jackson Holiday that's Matt Holiday's son Matt Holiday, uh, who played many years in the bigs, um, I always teased him. He, he looks exactly like one of my high school classmates, John Stepien. Uh, and, and so that's how I've always sort of connected uh, the dots with Matt Holiday. But his son goes number one overall out of Stillwater High School in Oklahoma. And then the number two overall pick, Jackson Holiday, uh, Holiday by the way, selected by the Baltimore Orioles, number one overall. And then uh, number two overall, the Arizona Diamondbacks take the guy who was actually probably the number one ranked prospect prospect on most boards uh, and, and on most prognosticators lists. Uh, but Drew Jones, he's the son of Andrew Jones, right? Long time Atlanta Braves standout. I remember when Andrew Jones was like the young up and coming hotshot player. And now his son is getting picked like Keegan, this draft makes you feel old, man. I, I don't know, just at the very top, you also had Kumar Rocker, uh, who was the, uh, the former uh, stud uh, pitcher for uh, Vanderbilt, he gets um, he gets selected uh, at, by the Texas Rangers, uh, number three overall. So that that was that was an interesting pick there. But yeah, the top two overall, man, it makes you feel old. That that's that's the weird thing about this Major League Baseball draft. Kanoa Leahy back in the house here. Yes, I was on vacation last week. I want to thank Keegan and Tanner and all the folks, uh, Hunter Hughes, Jordan Helley, Josh Pacheco, all the guys who were helping to uh, keep things locked down last week. I was in Montana. Uh, actually staying in Big Sky. Uh, it was a bit of a summer family trip, and it was a different experience.
experience, let's just put it that way, I've never really done that, never really sort of hung out in the mountains, the elevation for an extended period of time, at least not when I wasn't working, right? It was usually with like road trips with UH sporting teams or, or you know, going and, and doing some, some college basketball games in, in various areas. Been to Missoula, Montana multiple times, uh, Billings, Montana, but never actually just hung out like vacation style. And it was a trip. I, I got to be honest, man, because we did the whole deal, the white water rafting, which was uh, really interesting and pretty fun, got soaked. It was really cold. Uh, we did a little mountain biking. Uh, that is something that I had not done before, and it seems simple enough, right? You're like, well, you're going downhill. You go up a basically what would be during the wintertime a ski lift, except you, you hook on your, your mountain bike, and then you go up to the top of the slope, and uh, you basically go down various runs. We were going down the easy one because of the first time uh, that we had ever done it, uh, and I got to be honest, uh, it seems easy enough. Like, you're going downhill. You don't even need to pedal. It's not even that much of a workout, right? Because you're just you're going downhill. You just let the momentum take you. It is not like that at all. I cheated death at least five or six times, I think, doing this. Very easy. It's like the equivalent of the bunny slope if you were skiing or snowboarding. Going down the easiest run over uh, <laughs> at Yellowstone Club uh, in Big Sky. And I got to be honest, I, I felt like I had lost control at least a handful of times saw my life flash before me it was high anxiety uh, my body is still tense from it even days after that experience it was not easy at all it was one of the most horrifying things i had ever actually done uh, in my life but it ended up being kind of fun. Like the first time you go down, you're just like riding the brakes, which you're not supposed to do because it, it actually uh, adds to the instability because you're going over the rough terrain. And so your back wheel, if you're using the back brakes, starts spinning out and you're actually like possibly uh, positioning yourself to eat it uh, or hoolie over the bike even more so. So you got to kind of pump the brakes like randomly from time to time, intermittently, just to maintain a certain control of your speed. Dude, that thing was scary, man. Those bank turns, um, yeah, almost went over the top several times. I am happy to report that I did not ultimately fall down at any time, uh, but the feet touched the ground on a number of occasions. Uh, I did get off the bike a couple of times to walk it up an incline uh, because I had not built up uh, enough speed because... Um, because, yeah, I was such a rookie and novice at that whole thing. But it was a really interesting experience. You do a little bit of the fly fishing. We, we played golf. Uh, it, it, was, it was really cool, but it definitely is uh, good to be back home. Good to see Keegan again. By the way, Keegan, last time I saw you, you were triggered, man. It was the final episode before I took off on this vacay, and we, were, we had Rob DeMello in the house, and we did a, a new game uh, called Is It a Sport? And we might uh, revisit that uh, on occasion here in the future, but the one sport, quote-unquote, that came up for debate was esports, gaming. And by the criteria that we put together based on the literal definition of the term sport, uh, we had decided, at least within this studio, at least this side of the studio, that gaming was not a sport, did not live up uh, to the criteria. And Keegan wasn't having it, man. It was like fist pounding on the desk. Uh, there was machinery and equipment that was rattling around. It, the, the voice was raised. There, I think I maybe saw like a vein starting to pop out on his forehead. Keegan, you were triggered, man. Uh, did you, you were able to actually host the show the next day. Did you revisit that topic at all? And what was the ultimate conclusion there? No, I didn't want to go down that rabbit hole. 
I didn't want to say you guys were wrong while while you guys were gone. So, you know, I wanted you guys to be able to hear it, you know? <laughs> all right, all right. Well, we'll maybe get another chance at that in a little bit. Rob DeMello will be joining us again, or at least scheduled to join us in studio on Thursday. But that was funny, man. I had never seen you pop a gasket like that. Like, that was that was something to behold. That was a different version of Keegan Ota. And frankly, uh, it scared the living bejesus out of me. And I was happy that I was able to fly uh, over uh, 3,000 miles away to get away from the rage monster that is our esteemed board operator, Keegan Ota. Uh, again, 296-1420 is the number. Uh, all right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, KJ Harrison is going to join us. He is a former Oregon State star out of Punahou. Uh, he went on to be drafted and played six years professionally in the game of baseball. Now he has announced his retirement. He is going to be jumping on board the UH baseball program and that coaching staff as an undergraduate assistant. We're going to get his reaction. Kate Halimanu getting drafted uh, in the 10th round earlier today. So the UH pitcher experiencing at least a little bit of what KJ Harrison once experienced. Uh, we're going to ask KJ what that was absolutely like from his firsthand perspective. So that's on the other side of this break. You're listening to Let's Talk Sports. What's up? Welcome back. Let's talk sports coming to you on this Monday. Kanoa Leahy back from vacation, back to reality. Uh, but here we are in the Paxa Studios in Honolulu and uh, very excited to talk with uh, my next guest. The timing actually works out on a multitude of ways uh, because earlier today, as we mentioned at the top of the show, we had uh, Billy Hull of the Honolulu Star Advertiser uh, updating us on the Major League Baseball draft. A little bit of breaking news in the last hour where Cade Halimanu, former University of Hawaii, uh, right-handed pitcher, former ace of the rotation. Uh, he got selected by the Rays in the 10th round, 314 overall of the Major League Baseball draft. He does have a year of eligibility left. He had entered the transfer portal, had committed to Oregon, but uh, by all accounts, uh, it appears as though he is going to sign and make the decision to turn pro, which makes sense with that extra year of eligibility. But uh, it works on a number of levels because our next guest, uh, who we are connecting with via the phone line, is now a member of the University of Hawaii coaching staff as an undergraduate assistant. And he is a guy who experienced the Major League Baseball draft a couple of times. First, uh, after his standout career at Punahou, he was selected in the 25th round of the 2014 Major League Baseball draft by the Cleveland Indians, elected not to sign, so he would go on to become a college baseball star at Oregon State and parlayed that into a 2017 Major League Baseball draft selection, third round selection by the Milwaukee Brewers. So he went through this process, uh, but he is starting now another chapter in his life and career. We Welcome KJ Harrison to the show. KJ, what's up, man? How's it going? Hey, what's up, Kanoa? How you doing? I'm 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 doing great. I'm doing great, man. Uh, well, it's great to hear from you. I, I know that you've been busy answering a lot of phone calls here after making your official announcement that you were retiring from professional baseball after a half dozen years, and you were going to look into now uh, embarking on this next stage of your career, uh, the coaching industry let's just kind of rewind a little bit and, and talk about how you came to that decision that this was going to be it for your playing days and it was time to maybe uh, take your hand uh, and and get into the coaching biz yeah you know it was obviously a, a tough decision and you know I, I i got released um probably a few weeks ago so it was i kept it on the dl because i was really trying to figure out uh where my next steps would be and and what i kind of wanted to do next but you know i think ultimately it was the best decision for me you know i was waiting around to see if um any teams were going to call I, I spoke to my agency and and reached out to them and and they were making calls on my behalf and figuring it out but 
you know, no one was really calling. And, you know, I just kind of felt like the whole waiting game was, was tough for me to do. And, and honestly, I, I, I wanted to take um, another step into a different direction and, and kind of get my life started and my career started in another direction. You know, I, I just felt personally, um, you know, mentally and physically, I, I gave it all to the game and I did as much as I could to try and make it to the big leagues. And, you know, I, I can live with that. And I always told myself at the end of the day, whenever I hung up my cleats, that that is something that I always strive to do, you know, just just do everything that I could to to try and make it. And I felt like I did that, and it was time for me to move in another direction. Well, now you're going to be affiliated with the University of Hawaii. A, a former UH pitcher, Kate Halimanu, as I mentioned, gets selected in the 10th round today. Uh, if you were given the opportunity to sort of pass on some advice or just share what your experience was like following the draft, you went in the third round, uh, picked by the Brewers in 2017. What is that transition like uh, going from, especially in your experience, being this standout at the collegiate level and then having to to make the transition to become a professional and as you mentioned the the constant chasing of your dream to make it to the bigs what is that like you know it's a it's a very it's a very um it's a very rewarding journey you know i mean you work so hard to get to that point and then getting your name called um it's a great feeling and it's a great accomplishment but that's just the first step you know i mean it's it's really hard to even make it to the big leagues you know there there's just so many guys and and there's just a lot of competition and, and things like that but the biggest thing is is adjusting the plane every day and mm. and just kind of realizing too that you know the playing field is tough you know i mean everybody's good everybody's there for a reason whether you got drafted in the first round or the last round you know everyone has that opportunity to try and make it to the big leagues um and you know it's it's a grind you know mentally and physically it's it's a grind and it's challenging in, in a lot of ways, but it's also very re rewarding. And it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to make it to the big leagues, you know. And so it, it's, it's, a, it's a great journey, and it's an awesome journey. And the biggest advice that I would give to anybody is just, you know, in, enjoy the ride, you know, because you never know when it's going to end, you know. I mean, I didn't think I was going to get released when I did and, and things like that. And, and you just never know when your career is going to take a turn. So my mm -hmm. biggest advice to anybody is to just enjoy the ride and, and enjoy every day doing it you mentioned the grind and, and i find this fascinating because as an ultra competitor that you are and, and having so much success throughout your career uh, when you are chasing that dream and the grind that comes along with that playing professional baseball playing in the minor leagues does doubt ever seep in how do you cope with that as you know uh, this athlete who in, in basically all of your previous experience uh, was always able to uh, conquer yeah you know I think like like I said before it's just kind of one of those things that you learn to deal with throughout your whole career you know I mean your back is always pretty much um, against the wall you know like I said you're playing every day and you know it's a cutthroat business especially when you're in the minor leagues you know there's a small window of opportunity for you to make it to the big leagues and you know that's just how it is it's a business and it's it's sports and that's how sports are always are within any sport that you play you know it's it's performance based and and it's a business but you know the biggest thing is just for me i always just told myself you know like i, I got here for a reason you know and, and never forgetting that was a was a big thing to help me through it all you know just just always remembering and, and trying to stay confident in myself and my abilities you know like you're there for a reason and you have this opportunity for a reason and you know at the end of the day it's it's, it's really one of those deals where it's like you can't really think about your next step you just got to take it day by day and 
like I was saying before, just I, I tried to take the mentality of just enjoying being around my teammates, mm. enjoy playing the game, and and just kind of going going with the flow, you know. Yeah. Well, before we get into the the transition specifically to now this this coaching phase uh, of your baseball experience, uh, is there something you look back on uh, over your professional time as a player uh, that is going to stick with you? Uh, whether it's general, like you were talking about the camaraderie and your teammates and that experience, or is there like a specific game or a specific at bat or just just a moment that you think, wow, that's really cool. I'm glad uh, that I was able to do that here before I transition to the next chapter yeah i think it's just a there's multiple different e events for me that that have you know things that i have thought about in in my career that make me very proud and i'm very blessed and and everything you know i mean just my whole college experience hmm. and, and getting drafted and just being around all my teammates during the mine during the minor leagues you know being around guys that played in the big leagues meeting different people traveling everywhere you know like baseball is open so many doors for me and I've, I've met so many great people throughout my career and you know I'm, I'm forever thankful and and blessed for that you know I, I can't really pinpoint one experience exactly because I've had I've been fortunate enough yeah. to have so many you know and it's been such a great ride for me and you know when I look back at it my career ended the way it did but I'm also very proud and, and very happy that baseball took me as far as it did oh yeah it, it, it doesn't uh, happen to too many man that experience is something that is very exclusive and very unique and so uh, definitely something to be proud of here we are though now turning the page as you transition to becoming an undergraduate assistant with the UH baseball program we're talking with KJ Harrison recently announced his retirement as a professional baseball player uh, but has there always been an interest in coaching and and, and what are you sort of hoping to uh, experience here at, in, in this stage of your career? Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for the opportunity. I think the biggest thing in regards to coaching, which I appreciate, is the fact that I, I really do enjoy helping kids and I enjoy helping players, you know. And, and that's, that's a, a big thing for me going into it that I'm very excited about. You know, I, I know a lot of the guys on the team and being able to be back home and, and coach at UH, um, mm. You know, I thank Coach Rich for the opportunity um, again. I mean, it's an awesome transition for me and, and things like that. And I, I've always wanted to stay around the game as well, you know. Like, I'm still young, and, you know, baseball has been such a huge part of my life. You know, I just – to be able to pass pass down my knowledge and, you know, hopefully, hopefully pass it on to players to where, you know, something clicked or something helps them so they can have a, you know, cool and, and awesome career as well. And – and just get better as as humans and and get better as as players, you know. Yeah, wait, how old are you? You're you're only like mid twenties, right? Yeah, I'm 25. I turned 26 in August. Jeez, Louise. Yeah, you are you are still young here. Uh, so so a yeah. bit of a, a bit of a, a you know a, an early entry into into coaching, yeah. and, and that's something that could likely very likely in fact serve you well. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm, and that's like I said before. Um, I'm very excited for the opportunity because of the fact that I enjoy helping kids. I enjoy helping players and, you know, it's going to be fun. Like I said, to be around home and, you know, I, I like I said, I know so many other guys and, and things like that. So it's, it's going to be a great experience, man. It's going to be so fun to be around less stadium and, you know, finish, finish my, uh, finish my degree and, and things like that. And, going to be a lot of fun yeah well you come from a baseball family obviously uh, your dad kenny one of our colleagues here at espn honolulu uh baseball family throughout you have another brother kalai who uh, just announced his transfer to nc state from texas a&m uh, what was it like growing up in that harrison ohana 
it was awesome. You know, we've always been a very close knit family and, you know, all of us kind of share the same goals in regards to um, baseball and, and furthering our careers. And it's always been a, a big thing in our household, you know, so as an older brother, I always wanted to, you know, pave the way for them and do as much as I could in my career so that they could learn from me and, and I can pass down to them knowledge and, and things that I know. So it's been a lot of fun, man. We're, we're really close and it's, it's really nice to see my brothers on their way through their careers and, and things like that. And I couldn't be more proud of all of them. Awesome stuff, man. Well, we're uh, really excited to see you donning the University of Hawaii uniform. I think there's going to be a poetry to that, wearing the uniform that your pops, Kenny, used to wear. Uh, that's going to probably feel somewhat special. I know for him it will. What's that going to feel like for you? It's going to be very special, you know. I mean, like, you know, especially with my dad. I know, I know he's all excited and things like that. I mean, just to be around the stadium again and, and be be back there. It's, it's going to be really cool. And, yeah, it's really special. You know, I mean, Hawaii has a very, I mean, very important to me and, and my family. And, you know, it's going to be some, it's going to be some really that I'm looking forward to and I'm very excited to get going. Well, congratulations, man. Excited for this next chapter for you. And uh, we'll be bothering you on the field over at Les Murakami Stadium in no time. Perfect. Can't wait. Good talking to you. Take All right. Care. Take care. K.J. Right. Harrison, who is... Uh, one of the new additions to the University of Hawaii baseball coaching staff. He will serve as an undergraduate assistant this uh, fresh on the heels of his uh, recent announcement that he is retiring as a player after six professional seasons. Of course, uh, Punahou All-Stater and then went on to a standout collegiate career at Oregon State uh, and then uh, experienced the Major League Baseball draft uh, at a very high level, being a third-round pick by the Brewers and, and having to go through the rigors of professional baseball, chasing that dream of making it to the big show. Uh, it is not for the meek, that is for sure. That is a very difficult challenge. It's an everyday grind as he put it uh, and so uh, I think some very valuable experience that he'll be bringing what's up welcome back let's talk sports Kanoa Leahy here coming to you from the Paxa studios in Honolulu back from vacation uh, once again being reintroduced to the cruel reality of life and working and not being able to on a whim just uh, wander through the forests of Montana uh, we did check out Yellowstone National Park though uh, visited Old Faithful have you ever been Keegan to Old Faithful or, or to Yellowstone? I, I can say I have not oh okay it's uh, I don't want to sound inappreciative um, I would probably venture to say that Old Faithful might be a tad bit overrated. Like a tad bit, uh, you know, it's 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 the, the, the geyser and it shoots pretty high and it's kind yeah. of cool, but you drive like two hours at least from where we were at to get there and, you know, it's like uh, maybe the Bellagio water uh, <laughs> show is a little bit more impressive, dare I say. I don't know. I know there's not a natural geyser. I'm still convinced that maybe there's a guy who's just like um, he, he's, he's manning like a hose underneath the geyser and just like every 90 minutes he's over there like turning uh the the, the throttle and and opening the faucet and and you know that's that's how they do it we did check out uh what was the grand prismatic spring it's like a hot spring uh on the yellowstone national park um property it's not that far away actually from um from 
Old Faithful. And that was pretty cool. It's like 200 degrees of like boiling water. It's just like the steam that's coming up from underneath there. Uh, that was that was pretty cool. You don't want to fall in there though. Your your skin will just uh, disintegrate. But it was it was maybe dare I say uh, even more impressive and worth the drive uh, compared to uh, Old Faithful. But now I'm I'm sounding uh, kind of like uh, you know a little bit of let's uh, talk vacation. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sounding a little bit like I'm not appreciative of the natural uh, history and some of the landmarks here uh, in this country. But, uh, yeah, yeah, Old Faithful was I. All right, let's dip into our bucket of questions. You got it in there on your side there, Keegan. Uh, what are we looking at here? All right, so earlier, or I should say yesterday at the Open, Cam Smith making an incredible oh, run. An incredible run to win it over Rory McIlroy. And so the question is not whether or not Cam Smith's comeback is one of the greatest, but about his mustache. Where does <laughs> British Open champion Cam Smith's mustache rank on the all-time list of greatest sports mustaches? Yeah, that's a really good question. First off, you're right. It was an unbelievable hot streak this guy went on. It was like seeing desperate, in-the-zone Steph Curry in a playoff game. Like, like just, just ripping it. It was like watching Rocky climb up the stairs. I mean, like, you could hear the music in the background. Like, it was unreal, the, the run. I've never seen anybody putt like that. Uh, just back to back to back to back. Like, you just felt like every single putt that he stroked was going in. And that's sort of like the feeling you get when you watch Steph Curry. Like, every one of these shots is going to go in. But this guy is doing it at St. Andrews and on the, a putting green. Can we talk about the road hole as well? How perfectly you, you had to play that to win that yeah. game, to win the open in the final round how much pressure that road hole is yeah yeah i was rooting for rory i'll be honest i wanted to see rory win uh, his fifth major and and you know first in in many years but um yeah it didn't happen he just couldn't quite sink the putts he didn't quite get the breaks that he needed to at least maybe force a playoff or something cam smith was awesome as for his mustache it's an ugly mustache like let's just be honest <laughs> right it's not an attractive look it's not no. a great it's a little ratty you know, it's 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 not this like full mustache. It's a little thin. I I guess it works for him. He has a very unique look, right? And and you know, I think social media has uh, really celebrated the look that Cam Smith uh, dons here. But as far as like quality mustaches, it can't rank very high because it's not a great mustache. No, right? it's not. Uh, the the best mustache uh, when you think of, of of famous sports mustaches. You know, I'm a little bit uh, older than you, but one of them that you would have to turn to first is Raleigh Fingers. Right, longtime pitcher with the uh, athletics, and he had the handlebar mustache, was sort of the mustachio look, where it's like curly on the ends. Uh, I believe he only started to wear that mustache because it was like a, a dare or something from the team owner, and he got like 300 extra bucks for actually wearing the mustache, and then it became his signature look. That's a classic mustache. Uh, Mike Didka is another guy who I, I, I consider having a classic all-time mustache. The greatest mustache perhaps in sports right now, got to be Gardner Minshew, right? Yes. It's got to be Gardner Minshew. That that thing is or, an all-timer. Or, or I, I could argue at one point, I don't know if he still has, I, I can't remember this off the top of my head, Aaron Rodgers also had a very nice mustache. He did have it rolling for a little bit, that's yes. right, that's right. Um, I, 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 would, I would put those well in front of Cam Smith, because let's be honest, I, and, and maybe you can give your reaction here, it's not a pretty mustache, right? No, it's not. Okay, yeah, we're all in agreement with that. Cam Smith, great putter, one of the best performances I've seen in a final round of a major, uh, but the, the mustache Fix is ugly. the mustache. The mustache is ugly. Yeah, all right, uh, what's the next one? All right, well, today is, in, actually, in about two hours from now, the MLB All-Star Home Run Derby will commence in L.A. 
So for you, who you got winning the whole thing and who you got hitting the moon blast? Ah, uh, yeah. Who's going to have the farthest home run? That's always fun to see. And who's going to win the thing? You can't pick against the back-to-back -back champ, right? I mean, Pete Alonso has to be the favorite. Yeah, you can. I'm a little yeah, biased because he's a Met and that's my team. But he's won back-to-back. -back. He's kind of figured out how this thing goes. I there was even a write-up in, in ESPN.com where he's sort of sharing his strategy a little bit of how to be a home run derby champ. He has a tough first-round matchup. He's the number two seed. Kyle Schwarber is the one seed going up against Albert Pujols. That's going to be kind of interesting. Uh, Albert Pujols in his final home run derby appearance, but I don't see him getting past Schwarber in the first round. Ronald Acuna Jr. is Pete Alonso's first-round opponent. That's going to be tough. Um, I think that I go with Pete Alonso, though, to win the whole thing. And for this home run, uh, I'm, I'm thinking either Schwarber or Juan Soto, who is just a monster, and he's going to hit uh, these 500-foot home runs that are going to have, like, an exit velocity of, like, 800 miles an hour. So I'm thinking I'm leaning towards Juan Soto for the farthest home run, but definitely going Pete Alonso to win the thing. Who you got, Keegan? I want the storybook. I want the storybook. Albert? Win. Give me Albert. Give okay. me Pujols to win this. All. Yeah, everyone's going to say, but he's too old, but he can't win it. So what? I want the storybook. Just, this is just all biasing. I want Albert Pujols to win. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, if you, you can vote against Pete Alonso. He's he's too good at this. If he's, sharing, if, if he's sharing strategies on how to win the home run derby, you know this man's got it all. So, yeah, Pete Alonso is going to win it. But if I had to go with the moon blast, uh, the farthest one, I actually got Jose Ramirez. Oh, okay. Jose's got this. If it if it wasn't for okay, Shohei Otani would have been my number one moon blast <laughs> if he was in this. But Jose Ramirez has this powerful swing. If you watch him, he's got all, all everything in the back, and then when he unloads that thing, he can go at least four thirty if you wanted it to. Yeah. No, if he was in Colorado, that thing goes four fifty. That's that's true. No, that's a good one. That, that's an interesting one. And I'm with you. I would love to see Albert Pujols do this for all the old guys in the room. I'm 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 among them, and so I'd be very stoked to see Albert Pujols do that in the twilight of his career, but I just don't necessarily see that happening. By the way, Juan Soto, uh, how studly is that when you turn down a $440 million contract? You turn down oh, he wants $440 out. Million. That's crazy, That's how man. bad the Nationals are. He wants out. Oh, my goodness. Can you Every, imagine turning that down? Everything is going bad in Washington right now. <laughs> Everything's bad in the Capitol right All now. All right, let's squeeze in one more. What you got? All right, uh, so early, or the other day it was known that LeBron James was in mm. the Drew League and he scored 42 points. But are you impressed by the said performance? Ah, uh, yeah, that went viral. There's all kinds of clips available on YouTube and social media. It was fun. It was cool. The crowd atmosphere is, is something. I think the Drew League is always fun to watch when you get the NBA guys. It's a pro-am event. When you get the NBA stars out there, uh, there's always a buzz, right? And so he was on the same team as DeMar DeRozan, and he drops 42. But he's going up against a guy who is a lower-rated basketball player, not an NBA guy. Uh, and so that's not necessarily something to write home to mom about but for LeBron it's not like he's not trying to put on a show he's trying to get a workout in like for LeBron he's just kind of trying to sharpen the skills uh, as he prepares in a couple of months to, to re-enter the NBA uh, season process and so uh, yeah you know for him he's just he's, he's messing around out there I think it's impressive just because he's what entering year 20 here of his career and, and so for him to still be able to do the things that he was doing even against a non-NBA elite talent uh, as in the Drew League, I think that that is impressive. 42 points, and, and he was able to wow the crowd. You got a lot of oohs and ahs, had a couple of dunks, hitting some some fadeaway threes. Like, yeah, man, that's cool. Uh, they did only win by two, and so that 
that part isn't that impressive, perhaps. But again, for Demar Derozan and LeBron James, like they're not. This this is this is a workout. This is like this is just open run at the Y for those two guys. All right. Well, I well, I gotta go quickly, so I will say this. That's great. Now do it in the NBA consistently. Uh, <laughs> All I will say. Oh, LeBron. LeBron hasn't done it in the NBA consistently without getting injured. Oh my. LeBron. <laughs> All right. You know what? Oh, haters come at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Haters you know come at me. Uh, you, now you're triggering me, Keegan. I, you triggered me. You <laughs> triggered me before you left. I am the agent of chaos. I like to bring it right back. All right, agent of chaos. We'll have our best and worst when we come back. You're listening to Let's Talk Sports. What's up? Welcome back. Let's Talk Sports coming to you on this Monday. We enter the fourth quarter here for this edition of the program. Kanoa Leahy coming to you from the PAXA studios in Honolulu. Keegan Ota is working the board, and he's going to help me out here with our fourth quarter of the show, which always entails our best and worst. I was on vacation, and so my worst should be having to just come back to work. Uh, but we will come up with some more specific sports-related bests and worst. Uh, Keegan, do you have a best you'd like to share? I got to go with, you said it earlier in the show, Kate Halemanu. You love to see the Hawaii ties, of course. I Probably still a lot of people's best there, but, I mean, it was uh, – it, it's always a good sign when you got a Hawaii player or, with, or somebody with Hawaii ties, obviously, go into the draft, get drafted by – well, the Tampa Bay Rays are in a good division, too, so if he stays up there, it'll be a, it'll be a good opportunity for Kate. So I got to go Kate Halemanu. Yeah, that's a really good one, man. Pearl City alum, 314 overall in the 10th round by the Tampa Bay Rays. Of course, the tall righty for the University of Hawaii. He was committed to – play for Oregon after transferring out of the UH program at the conclusion of this past season. But he is the first player with true Hawaii ties uh, to be selected here this year. And we definitely wish him the best. All expectations are that he will sign and ultimately decide to turn pro. He's the seventh Pearl City alum to be selected in the draft and first since the late Chase Numata, uh, who was picked in 2010. Of course, Chase Numata, who uh, passed away uh, after uh, injury suffered in a skateboarding accident. Uh, and he has been long remembered remembered uh, for sure as being just a wonderful personality and certainly a splendid baseball talent. And so there was a, at least a, also that uh, line drawn to the memory of Chase Numata, the fact that Kate Halimanu got selected today. So that's another tier to that story that makes it even more of a of a strong best coming from Keegan Ota. My best, this is just kind of funny, Jeremy Sohan, who was a draft pick by my San Antonio Spurs, uh, was playing this like online uh, word association game, kind of like, you know, $100,000 pyramid or something like that with one of his NBA Summer League Spurs teammates. Uh, and the teammate was trying to get him to say the term triple-double. And so the teammate asked Jeremy Sohan, uh, all right, Russell Westbrook, uh, he racks up a lot of these and Sohan's response was bricks and this clip went viral he wasn't wrong but it was the triple double that was the answer uh, he would later apologize saying that hey look it was just in fun we're playing a game uh, and then went on to uh, suggest that Westbrook has been one of his idols and even has a dog named Russell. So I don't know if that is a direct uh, reference to Russell Westbrook, but it sounds good in the apology. So I don't know. I thought that was funny. Jeremy Sohan, uh, he gets my best. By the way, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis supposedly had a hooey phone call, and they have, according to reports, they have decided they're going to make this thing work with the L.A. Lakers. We'll see how that goes. What's your worst? Real quick. All right. I got Sergio Garcia because he just said that he was going to quit the DP World Tour after – feeling that he no longer feels loved at the European circuit. All I got to say, that's your fault. 
Yeah, that's your fault, man. You went for the money. You know who else is going for the money? And this is my worst. David Faherty. He's leaving NBC to join the Live Tour as an announcer. And get this, Keegan. TNT's Charles Barkley said last week on a podcast that he has agreed to meet with officials from the Live Tour to talk about some unspecified media role with the series. So we, we might be seeing Charles Barkley going for the cash. Not a huge surprise. And, hey, look, you can't begrudge these guys for going for it. Uh, but it's, it's uh, yeah, it's a worst, man, this Live thing. It's ruining everything that we know about golf. That's it. Yeah, it's it, it's just ruining it. That's that's all I got to say. <laughs> it's just about getting it. in the way. Man. I have I have more to say, but <laughs> we don't got time. Yeah, it's just getting in the way. All right, that's it for us. We want to thank Billy Hall for jumping on. Thanks to KJ Harrison. Uh, thanks, Keegan. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Let's talk sports.